My name is Alyssa Robinson, and thanks for tuning in to the Treach Podcast. On this episode, my guest is Sean Ray. Sean's preferred pronouns are they, them, and they were one of the panelists on the virtual roundtable about depression and anxiety. Depression is a new experience for Sean. They've been dealing with depression for two to three years, and today they share a few of the fears, obstacles, and glimmers of hope they've seen as they begin this journey. If you missed the virtual roundtable, you can watch it at tmumc.org wellness. In our roundtable, you mentioned that depression is a new journey for you, but you also uh, said that looking back on your experience coming out and everything that you kind of saw it coming and that that plays a little bit of a role. And I wanted to get a deeper understanding from you on what you meant by that uh, because we didn't really go into it in the roundtable. But how do you think that you um, figuring out your identity as a child really led into depression and anxiety? Well, it took took forever to figure out. I honestly, the T, I'm still trying to figure out who I am as a person. But like not knowing and having to keep like a secret for so long really like weighs like down on you like hard. Especially when you come from a small town (laughs) that's like very, very conservative. Now, my family is not conservative, but they you know, always, like, make jokes growing up, like, not gay bashing jokes, but just, like, gay jokes, like, ooh, maybe, like, I shouldn't say anything, but, so I think just being in the closet for so long, definitely, like, having to hide who I was just makes you sad, because you don't want people to not know you for who you are. You want, you know? Do you think that that... Does that make sense? Yeah. (laughs) Do you think that it kind of uh, configured your personality in a way and how you cope with things and how you handle things having gone through that? Probably. I think because most of the time when I handle things, if I just don't like it, I just walk away. So that that definitely could be me from that. I just remove myself from the situation. So... That being one of your coping skills, obviously that's something you can't do with depression, (laughs) right? You can't just walk away and pretend it's not there. But did you try to do that? Oh, 100%. Tell me a little bit more. I think I still try to do that because I'm I'm going through a time right now where I'm I'm off my medication. But like, yeah, I definitely, I think I would like, I tried to ignore it, fake it till you make it. Just like when it was before I came out. Like if I just fake being straight, I'll be straight. But if I fake being happy, then I'm happy, right? But definitely doesn't work. And how did you sure. figure that out? Like what what was your story? Because I know you've only been uh, actually getting treatment for mm-hmm. depression over the past two to three years. What led to that breaking point for you of like I need help it's not just gonna go away and I can't fake it away yeah I think it was first when my dog died and that was like the first like triggering point and then my grandfather died and then I got dumped (laughs) so like all those three things happened kind of within like I want to say it was like a six month span and I I think 
everything was just like weighing on top of me and I was at such a high before all that happened and then it kind of just brought me down real quick and it was such like a um, big, big contrast I guess you could say in, in emotions and I just didn't know how to deal with it and I finally just broke one day at work and I just I was like I need help <laughs> at work yeah what was that what happened at work um I sat down on my computer and I literally just like my phone rang <laughs> and just tears just came out of my face and I just that uh, one phone call was that the straw that broke the camel's <laughs> just, back I didn't even answer it who called you <laughs> and set you off like Karen this from finance <laughs> no um yeah, so I was just like, they sent me home. My boss was like, go eat some ice cream, like, take some time, do you. And I was like, all right. And then at that point, I was still kind of like, it's not depression. Like, I'm just sad. I'm just having a bad day. <laughs> I'm just having a bad day. A really bad day. <laughs> um, but then my mom was like, nah. She's like, you're depressed. She's like, I'm depressed. So she's like, I could definitely see it in you. So. So your mom has struggled with depression, too? Yeah, my mom, my grandfather, my grandmother. Okay. Yeah, I think it's in interesting that people, and this is what I've heard from many of the panelists I've talked to, is that other people recognize it in you before you recognize it mm -hmm. in yourself. Why do you think that is? Um, I, for me, I think it's because I... I think I'm a good actor and I'm not <laughs> and I think I try to hide it but I'm not hiding it because it was so my mom was the first one that brought it up to me and then actually a couple of weeks ago Mike brought it up to me so he's like hey is every, everything okay like I noticed you're not really talking as much you don't seem as happy and which that kills me I hate I hate that he noticed it and, and pointed it out and this is like, we were literally pulling up to a restaurant, <laughs> like getting out to go eat with my friends. <laughs> and I'm like crying in the car. I'm like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> you can wait till after? <laughs> but, just uh, let me hide it a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, just two more hours. It doesn't make sense to me. And I want you to explain it to me because I'm probably just an idiot. So <clears throat> with how open you are with discovering your sexual identity, your gender mm -hmm. identity, like everything and taking people along on that journey with you. Why depression? Why is that something that you felt like you needed to hide from people when you're so open in every other part of your life? Cuz I feel like I always have to like present a certain way to people. Because I have presented my this myself this way, so I feel like I have it. I put a standard on myself that I always have to meet when I'm quote unquote like in the public or like in the public eye or talking to someone or presenting myself online. And so, like, I don't want people to know that I struggle. Well, I didn't want people to know. <laughs> the world knows now. Uh, I didn't want people to know that I was struggling with depression and anxiety because there was a lot of stigma behind it, and I didn't want that stigma attached to me. I didn't want any more stigmas attached to me than what I already had. So, um, but it's definitely weird. Like, yeah, why care about this one thing? And, and maybe it's society that tells me I have to be, or maybe it's just me being stupid. <laughs> well, but I, what are the fears that come with, you know, cause 
you mentioned the stigma that mm-hmm. comes with depression, but what are the additional fears of like, if people know this about me, X will happen. I think it's just be judged. I don't want people to like, to, or to pity me or, you know, look at me any different than what they already do. Cause I've already struggled with that so much. I don't want it to happen again, <laughs> you know? So when you start to feel a depressive episode, what does that feel like to you? Because it's the fact that just two weeks ago, it took Mike telling you like, hey, something's going on. Once he reveals that to you, do you start to see and feel what you're experiencing or had you already been feeling it? Yeah, I think I had already been, I definitely already been feeling it. I thought I was just hiding it better. Mm -hmm. So what does that feel like? It's, I usually can tell like literally when I wake up in the morning, if it's going to be like a good day, I'm just going to work real hard to have a good day. But I usually just, I go, I feel just like numb, just like head to toe, emotionless. I just sit there and just stare at the walls or I'll just stare at the TV or I'll play solitaire on my phone to like get my mind like kicking to start going. But it's just, I don't know, it just feels like, and he could be like in bed next to me and I just feel like numb. I'm completely alone. The room's dark, cold. I'm just like sitting there. What I know, it sounds like you have a really good support network in place because you have family who have experienced mm-hmm. depression. So at least they know what you're going through or maybe know a bit of what you're feeling and you have Mike helping you along the way. Um, what are some helpful things that people have said or done for you while you're experiencing this? And also on the other side, what are some unhelpful things that people have said or done um, you know, I do, I thankfully I do have a really good support system. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> one of the things that made me stop seeing my therapist was she told me to just, just tell myself to stop. Like anytime I was having like a depression, like episode or an anxiety attack, she's just tell yourself to stop. I'm like, Oh, that's And it. this is your therapist telling yeah. you this. And I was like, that was it. Just tell myself to stop. That's <laughs> That's what I have to do all this time. Hmm. Who would have thought? Um, yeah, she told me to stop. And then my boss at one point, she had told me to, um, she said, take a deep breath. You'll be fine. And then just said, and then walked away from me. (laughs) And I was like, did that, did that just happen? (laughs) I was like, what the heck? (laughs) But, um, no, like, as far as, like, my friends and my family, I don't, the only one in my family really talked to about it is my mom, but she'll call and she'll check on me a lot, and then just my friends, too. My friends will just, like, just text me and be like, hey, just checking in, like, I mean, you do it. <laughs> you do it all the time. But, like, yeah, it's just, it's just little things like that, because I'm not, I'm not one to reach out for help, so it's nice when I have people, like, <laughs> reaching out to me. I would like to know also um, what your relationship with spiritual- spirituality has been during this process 
and where you think mental health and spiritual health intersect. Because I know it's been a really weird year. Like, you and I both have not been as connected to church Mm -hmm. over the past year because everything's shut down and the church that we belong to still isn't meeting in person. Yeah. Um, Of course, I work at a church. but (laughs) So I'm very connected to the church I work at. Right. Um, But where does spiritual health play with mental health for you uh for me it's been so completely different like two different things and especially because like this past year i have maybe watched online service a handful of times i know it sounds so bad but um yeah i just i haven't had a very close connection to like god lately and i haven't been that upset about it because i've kind of just been like doing my own thing like just out there still feeling connected to something don't know what it is but i don't know if it's helped me with my mental health journey at all to say the least well if that makes even sense. so i know in the past year but even previously because i know that this started before the shutdown yeah that's did true. spirituality play at all before the shutdown or did you feel like you just kept so. it separate it still was so separate for me because mm-hmm. i think i honestly think the reason i stuck around like at church and everything for so long was the people more than like the the religion so mm-hmm. does that make sense mm-hmm. not that yeah. not that i'm not a religious person But I've never been, like, a church person. Mm -hmm. So the only reason why I kept coming back was because I liked the people. Well, and I think that there's a (laughs) lot of people who the reason they go to church is for the community. Yeah. And I I think that's okay. Yeah. Um, To go to a place that you feel loved and accepted just as you are. Yeah. Is an okay thing. Like, I think (laughs) Jesus would approve. That's true. You're right. right. But I, I am curious, when you were at church... Did you still feel the need to hide um, that you were experiencing depression or that you were going through this? Or were you more willing to talk about it openly in a church setting? I I was more willing to talk about it. I don't know if it was because it was a church setting or just because it was people I didn't know yet. Oh, say more about that. People you didn't know yet? Yeah, because it was all new people. So they had no expectation of what to think of me. Mm. So I could literally be whoever I wanted to be. And so when you walked into that and you were meeting people for the first time, did you have the thought of, I might as well be my full self? Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, but I was, like, becoming a new person, too. So, like, physically. So, like, it was almost kind of doing, like, this complete transformation, like, of my, like, soul and my body, (laughs) spiritually and physically. That's great because I think that for a lot of people, it's the opposite feeling of when it's when they step into a church building that they feel like it's time to hide yeah. who I really am. Yeah. And the fact that you felt the opposite and well, and I was well, I was with someone who I was very comfortable with, mm-hmm. and you know, I was introduced to all of y'all that exact same day. <laughs> we all went to lunch together, so like it was. I mean, it was a, a welcoming you know, warm, welcoming place that I felt comfortable. So, like, I didn't mind sharing. But also, there's also a part of me that I've always had no issue sharing things with people I don't know. 
rather than people I do know. Like, I mean, I, I came out to so many people before I actually came out to, like, my family and my friends. Like, people I didn't know. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm gay. And then, like, turn it just away. Just move on. And just move on. Because, <laughs> like, it's never going to see that person again. Like, I can say whatever I want to them. It's fine. So... And I'm the exact opposite. If I don't know you very well, you're not going to know anything about me. Like, you're not going to know <laughs> anything about me. Um, why Why do you think that you felt comfortable sharing who you are with strangers more so than with the people closest to you? I, I th well, actually, I think it's more if I don't want them to see me differently. Mm. That's probably what it is. I'm just so worried about having that. You just want to be the person they've always known and loved yeah. and yeah. like nothing. I've always been that happy-go-lucky Sean. I want to I wanna stay that way. But obviously I need to get help if I want to stay that way. <laughs> well, and, and I was curious to know your reaction. So you were sitting on this uh, panel on the virtual roundtable of three other people who have been addressing depression for over 20 years mm -hmm. at this point each of them and when you said okay well i'm only two to three years in mm -hmm. their reaction was welcome to the journey you're going to deal with this for the rest yeah. of your life what did that feel like to hear that because i think that um with depression my thought is like okay i get treated and then i go back to my normal, normal self yeah. and then i move on and they were like Sorry, no. Sean. Yeah. Like, welcome not, to the club. Nah, sis, that's not how it works. <laughs> um, I don't. Th I still don't think it's like set in yet. That it's something I'm gonna have to deal with for forever because it's still something that I haven't even like scratched the surface on. I feel like when it comes to even like getting better. Mm -hmm. So I think once I get into the routine of like actually like taking medication, possibly going to therapy. Like, I don't know if it's necessarily words of wisdom because you're just getting started, <laughs> but for someone listening who might be exactly where you are, of like, it's hard to listen to someone who has is completely self-actualized, who has been for therapy for 20 years, saying everything's going to be okay. Because right. you're like, well, you've, <laughs> you've been there, you've <laughs> yeah. done that. But for someone who's just at the beginning, like you, what would you say to them to give them some encouragement? For me, it, it took spending some time alone, which is what I was afraid of the most, especially when quarantine started. <laughs> but it was, I, I had to, take some time, be alone, and accept the fact that, like, this is, this is real, and it's okay, but let's do something about it before it gets too late, because I could feel myself slipping and getting more and more depressed as the days went on, especially being alone at that point <laughs> for so long, it made it definitely worse, but just don't be afraid to to, not ask for help but at least do the research I mean if you even have the slightest thought of you should do that just look it up it's an easy google <laughs> this is what I did and depending on whether you're like me or like Sean tell someone you love or tell a complete stranger <laughs> literally tell, <laughs> tell someone yeah it could be anyone on social media it could be your mom your dog your cat they might not answer 
if they do, you should go see someone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sean, for sharing a little bit of yourself today and uh, for being one of our panelists and opening up. Maybe it was easier for you because you're opening up to strangers. Yeah. You can't really see who's listening <laughs> right. right now. Uh, but I appreciate you opening up your story and, and I hope that, man, well, I'll be with you as you continue <laughs> through this journey so. and checking in on you. But I love you and, and thanks for doing this. Of course, I love you. Thanks for letting me talk. Thank you for listening to today's episode and special thanks to Sean for joining me. Keep up with all of our mental health resources and events at tmumc.org wellness. 